Old Testament book of uh, Deuteronomy, and uh, we're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 10, and I'm reading from verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 10, and reading from verse 12. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways? To love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts therefore and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords and great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are aliens, for you yourself were aliens in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is your praise. He is your God. Who performed those for you, those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes? Your forefathers who went down into Egypt were 70 in all. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. We are... uh Continuing uh, this series about uh, about our shape and uh, the fact that we were shaped for for serving God, uh, you'll remember last week I was saying this came out of our last uh, church weekend. Really, uh, when we were looking at this passage, uh, this is from the message version. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, High God, your breathtaking body and soul. I am marvelously made. I worship. In adoration, what a creation! Psalmist uh, talking about his own shape, and this is where this is what we're thinking about over these next few weeks uh, about our shape. And we recognise that not everybody's happy uh, with their shape, but we hope that at the end of this series, uh, you'll be a lot happier with the way that God has shaped you. Just to remind you, uh, the S in shape stands for. Shout it out. Thank you. Yes, last week, of course, spiritual gifts. The H in, in shape stands for? Hearts, that's right. The A stands for? Abilities. The, uh, the P stands for? Personality. And the E stands for? Experiences. That's where we're going over the next uh, next few weeks. We're going to be looking at these uh, different ways in which God shaped us. Because all these different things uh, come together to be our shape. This is how God has shaped us. And we can use each one of these areas of our shape 
in serving him. Uh, last week we were looking at spiritual gifts and we were, de- we were describing spiritual gifts and uh, these were some of them that Paul lists. Paul has several lists of spiritual gifts. We were looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 but there's all there's other lists in Romans and in, in Galatians and in, in 1 Peter. In our house group this week we were, we were looking at these spiritual gifts and we're looking at this list and we were kind of wondering whether there were people in our congregation uh, here at Loma, who had some of these gifts, because not all these gifts are evidence in the life of the church, but we were wondering, you know, has God given all these gifts to the church, and there are people in our congregation who have some of these gifts, and they just don't know, and therefore we don't know. And uh, and so we were, we were describing spiritual gifts, uh, we were saying how important it is in discovering spiritual gifts, and uh, we want to encourage people to uh, discover their spiritual gifts, and then of course we want people to use them, and that's how you develop your spiritual gifts, by using them, uh, serving God in the life of the church. So we were thinking about spiritual gifts last week, and this week we're moving on to the heart. We're moving on to the heart, and we're thinking uh, about how God has shaped our hearts uh, for serving God. Uh, Mike uh, Breen, in his book, A Passionate Life, you know, when we think about a heart, we're thinking about what we're passionate for, uh, he says this, he says, God does not expect you to be who you are not. Does that bring you some kind of relief? You know, God does not expect you to be who you are not, but he does want you to be all that he has made you to be. Okay? So you don't have to be like somebody else. Part of this series in shape is recognising that we are all individual. We are all different. And therefore, you know, uh, one person has one spiritual gift, another person has another spiritual gift. Uh, We don't have to be like one another. Uh, But we do want to be all that God has made us to be. And uh, Mike Breen in that book, he goes on to say, When we know what we've been designed for and called to do, we can save ourselves a lot of striving in areas we were not built for. If we know who God has made us to be, we can stop trying to be someone we are not and let go of the stress that comes from living that kind of life. God has made you to fit in a certain place where you can serve him best. And this whole uh, series is summed up in that fantastic song that we've been singing, you know, that you were shaped for serving God. It is all about how we've been shaped to serve God. So God doesn't expect you to be somebody you're not. Uh, A sigh of relief. Uh, We don't have to be like the person next to us. Uh, We just have to be the person that God has created us to be. And uh, the first thing I want to say, we, we heard Roxette singing it uh, wonderfully, you know. The first thing I want to say this morning is, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. You know, in, in the Bible, uh, the Bible talks about the heart a lot. Uh, the word heart is mentioned 743 times in the Bible. And it's used in various contexts. Uh, but... Most of the time when it's talking about the heart, it's talking about that central part of us, our central being. It's talking about who we are, the heart of the person, who we actually are. And uh, this morning I want to say, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Paul um, Writing to the Romans, he says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites 
is that they may be saved. Okay? So what did Paul have a heart for? What was Paul's heart for? To see people saved. That was his desire in his heart. That was in his heart to see people saved. And of course Paul uh, went beyond the Israelites because we know that Paul had a great heart, not only for the Israelites, but for the Gentiles. And of course Paul, uh, because God had stirred something in his heart, felt that he had to take the Gospels beyond the Israelites to the Gentiles. It was something that came from within his heart. It was his desire. And this morning I want to say, you know, listen to what your heart is saying. Uh, Eric Rees in his book, Shape, which is all about what we're looking at, says our hearts reflect our dreams and desires. The key to learn how to unlock the potential within our, the key is to learn how to unlock the potential within our hearts so that they can beat fully for God. Listen to your hearts. Listen to your hearts. Now, I know the Bible also warns us that we have to be careful. Uh, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, you know, where do malicious thoughts and, and bad things come from? They also can come from our hearts. So, when I say listen to your hearts, you know, I mean listen to your hearts and you have to say, you know, is this what God has put on my heart or is this some uh, more human desire? I've got all sorts of desires. You know, I would love... Uh, to have a season ticket for Manchester United. But I don't think that's something that God's put on my heart. I think that comes from myself, you know what I mean? Uh, since I've been a young boy, you know, I would have loved to have driven a Porsche 911 Turbo. Uh, I'm not sure that, that God, that's what God wants for me because God's called me into the ministry and the chances of, of, of me owning a Porsche 911 Turbo. Although, funnily enough... Uh, a minister has moved into this area recently who owns two Porsches. So all is not lost. And he's actually said, I can have a go. So, uh, you know, God moves in mysterious ways. He doesn't want me to own a Porsche, but I might get to drive a Porsche. So if you see me driving through Rosendale in a Porsche, uh, don't think Tom's suddenly given me a great rise. It's not mine. Uh, there we go. But our heart's desires, Paul's desire was to see people saved. So, you know, listen to what your heart is saying. You know, ask yourself, you know, what am I, what, what am I, what, where do my dreams and desires drift to? Where do they go? Uh, what do I really want to do for God? You know, if you could do anything, uh, forget about the cost, forget about all the, all the other things that would stop us, but if you could do anything for God, what would it be? What is it that was on your heart? Because God wants us to live out our heart's desires for him. God wants us to live out our heart's desires. And our hearts will give us a clue into where we are to serve God. Our hearts will give us a clue. Uh, you know, what have we got a heart for? What is it that we love to do? What is it that we enjoy doing? What has God given us a heart for? Now, last week I was, I was saying that during this series I'm looking for people who've got testimonies. And uh, I was absolutely chuffed to bits when at the church meeting, who says nothing good comes out of a church meeting? At a church meeting on Monday night, somebody came up to me and said, I've got a testimony. And I'm going to ask Jean uh, now to come and uh, share something that's on her heart. 
uh, as an example of how our hearts uh, can lead us. Thank you, Jean. I'm quite nervous about this because um, I don't often like talking about what to do, but I think a lot of people know what to do, especially Gary. <laughs> um, just at the start of the service, Richard came up to me and said, um, are you okay for today? So I said, yeah. And he said, I want to use it as an illustration for what he's speaking about in the sermon. And I thought, when I look around the congregation here, I think every one of you is an illustration for serving God with love in your hearts, because that's what I see in you. Anyway, um, when we sang Everyone Needs Compassion, I'd asked Richard if we could sing that, because when he was preaching last week, that was going through my head all the time. And then at the church meeting, when he said again, that came into my head again. And as some of you know, I'm very, very forgetful these days, but it did actually stick. Because of my past life, which I only share now and again, um, I am very grateful for the forgiveness and compassion and mercy that God's had in my life. I've also been tried very, very much a couple of years ago where I could have just walked away. And especially with the volunteer work I do, it made it a little bit hard. Um, But then again, if you say you love God and you believe in his forgiveness, what could I do but stand? But I couldn't do that on my own. I was very, very grateful for Richard and for some people in this fellowship that prayed and kept praying for us. And that's something I do believe in, that whatever happens, um, we have to stand for God as a Christian, because one day we might be asked something really serious, and we really need that strength. Anyway, to get down to what to do, um, every Thursday, I go to Greater Manchester Community Chaplaincy. And the reason I go, <laughs> he's smiling at me, Um, I'll start, I'm going to read a little bit out. It was about four years ago, or five years ago, I don't know how long it was when Richard came, but this young man (laughs) came to preach with a view, and he used John Ortberg's book, and he kept saying, and we kept reading, we had our home groups, if you want to walk on water, get out of the boat. Basically, he was saying, if you want to follow Jesus, you may have to get out of your comfort zone. And I'd recently retired, and my mission field was my job, always, bus stops, wherever I was. I used to speak to people. Because in my heart, I want people to know Jesus, because I know he makes a change in a person's life. And um, one member of our fellowship, Gary, I'll have to tell them about you. He goes every week, apart from when he's poorly, <laughs> and he goes into the prisons in Manchester, And he brings the word of God to the prisoners there in Manchester. And I used to talk to you about this, didn't I? And you really, really inspired me. But I've been a great procrastinator in my life. (laughs) And I knew that something was being told to me inside. And it was like Richard was saying, listen to that inner voice. The one that you know is coming from God. And it's not easy sometimes. I keep saying, no, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, But Gary really did inspire me. 
And this went on for a long time because I was praying about it. Shall I go to the chaplaincy? Because they needed people to teach literacy, I thought, anyway. It's my big thing. I think if people can't read or write, then it's a great disadvantage. And I knew there was a great need. And uh, Gary said, just go and ask for Mary, the chaplain, didn't you? Reverend Mary Causer, who's now moved on, hasn't she? And I didn't go straight away. And time passed, and I still had this inside me, because I'm, I'm awful. I don't sort of jump say yes. Well, I didn't use to jump say yes to God, but I do now. And time passed. Then one morning, I was actually still in bed. I don't know if you remember this, Gary. <laughs> and I was still asking the Lord. I was praying, um, what do you want me to do? Is this you? And this is the problem. Is this you? Is this me? Is this something else? You know, is this God? Is this God? And the words, get out of the boat, hit me, really did hit me. And unless I went out and opened the door, or metaphorically speaking, got out of my own boat, my comfort zone, I wouldn't know the answer. So there and then, I phoned Gary. <laughs> Do you remember? No. <laughs> I phoned him. Um, he told me who the contact person was, where to go, how to get there. And um, I jumped up, I washed, I dressed, I caught the bus, the 43, to Manchester and found the GMCC all within two hours. And I was in there and Mary spoke to me. But the marvellous thing was, I used to teach literacy and also English to speakers of other languages. And I do have a computer knowledge, some. And the day before, when she was interviewing me, they'd actually got permission to have um, a room given to them free by the Methodist Church at Central Hall in Manchester where we could teach literacy and also computers where we could actually teach IT or help people move on with the IT skills. And it is a faith organisation, but we actually speak with people of no faiths as well because the whole aim of that is to try and move people on in their lives and we try and move them on through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so... We have a great opportunity every week to meet people and to speak to them about Jesus. Um, every week we have a reflection time and we pray for people in the prison. We pray for the workers in the prison. We pray for the workers that are volunteers where I am. We have a cafe um, where they can come, um, have a free meal and a coffee, and then they can come into the IT room and we can help with literacy, we can help with IT. We see some really, really desperate cases. Um, and sometimes they don't get helped. But we also see some fantastic changes in people, don't we, Gary? And we see people come to the Lord. A lot of it is due to these people that go in week by week into the prisons. And they have alpha groups, don't you? And you just have Bible study groups. You're looking embarrassed. <laughs> and, um, but if it wasn't for the prison workers, they wouldn't be coming out to the chaplaincy and then we won't be able to see them. And um, we've had... I'm just going to give you a couple of examples. I can't give names or anything, but one chap has gone to a centre where um, they have to come off all drugs, alcohol, everything, and they have to have two weeks absolutely dry. And it's basically hell on earth for them for two weeks, but they're very, very supported. And one chap is still there, and I think he's been there now. It must be about five or six months. It must be at least five months. And he's doing ever so well. And he's made a confession to Christ, and it's just incredible. Um, another chap, I'm writing to him at the moment because I write, and I'm going to visit someone on Thursday. Um, he had an awful life. And 
you think you've had difficult things happening in your life, but goodness me, um, this chap has really had a bad time, and he's obviously blaming God. And that's what happens, doesn't it? A lot of everyone blames God. You've got to blame somebody, so who else do you blame? God. And um, I'm not saying it's because of me, but I just want to tell you this, because I'm chuffed to bits. One of our workers, she's the chaplain's wife, Marlene, she goes in, doesn't she? And she gets very stressed, doesn't she? And she's got a real heart for God. And um, she met with this chap, and it's because of her that I'm now writing to him. And she saw him the other day, so now we're going to visit on Thursday. We're going to see him. But if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have heard this from him. And I've had it in a letter, and I've had it from Marlene, that he said, and it's not me, it's God, he said... I don't know what's happened, but since Jean's been writing to me, things seem to be happening and things are changing. He said, I've started praying at night, and it makes me shiver, and I'm just so, thank you, Lord. (laughs) I'm so excited, and I get so encouraged. Um, So one minute you can be down there, can't you? The next minute you're up here. But all the time you're trusting in God. And basically, um, I've always had this in my heart. If you want to do the will of God, notice people that nobody else notices. And they can be anywhere. They can be at the bus stop, in the shops, anywhere, and just say hello and talk to them. So that's my bit. And all I'm going to finish with is saying, if Jesus is calling you to come, follow me, saying, get out of your boat, follow him, look into your heart, and see what he's saying to you, and just follow him. Thanks, uh... Thanks, Jean. Uh, just an example of somebody who, uh, because there was something on her heart, because she listened to her heart, uh, she was able to, to serve God and continues to serve God uh, because God has given her a heart for these people. So the question to ask yourself is, who has God given you a heart for? Who has God given you a heart for? Listen to your heart. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus says, you know, where your treasure is... There your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What you're really concerned about, what you really care about, that's where your heart will be. And sometimes God puts certain people in our, on our hearts, certain situations, and we have to listen to our hearts. Listen to our hearts. So listen to your hearts. And then, of course, follow your heart. Uh, follow your heart. Follow in the direction that your heart draws you. Follow in the direction that your heart draws you to, to a certain group of people. You know, has God given you a heart for old people? Has God given you a heart for young people? Has God given you a heart to work with uh, people who are retired? Has God given you a heart to work with people who are unemployed? Has God given you a heart for people who are in prison? You know, God lays people on our hearts. And uh, we have to follow our hearts. Follow our hearts. Uh, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And love your neighbour as yourself. And uh, in Luke, when Jesus said that to uh, one, of the, uh, one of the Jewish leaders, uh, the Jewish leaders, of course, said, well, who is my neighbour? And Jesus went on to tell, uh, you know, the parable of the good Samaritan. And, of course, in that story, we know it well. Uh, it was a Samaritan that had compassion and cared for the person who had been attacked on the roadside. Uh, follow your heart. Follow your heart's desires. Follow the things uh, that God has put on your heart. Ask yourself, who 
Who should I be serving? What group of people do I really have a heart for? You know, when, when Jean was talking about, you know, working in prison, you know, if your heart started to beat a little faster, it's because you're interested in that and God's laid something on your heart. When Susanna talks about, you know, helping in the Sunday school, maybe you've got a heart just for, for children and wanting to, to help children. You might not feel you're gifted, but there's a way in which you can serve because if God puts something on your heart, then follow. And just see where that leads. Follow your heart. And then, of course, uh, serve from your heart. Serve from your heart. Um, in the passage that we read from Deuteronomy, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk his, in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, people see somebody doing a particular thing and they say of that person, you know, the heart's not really in it. The heart's not really in it. You can tell. They're doing the job because they have to do or because they've been asked to do or because uh, they need to do to earn money. But the heart's not really in it. God wants us to serve him out of our hearts, out of the things that God has placed on our hearts. And when we think of our shape, last week we were thinking of spiritual gifts, you know, what God has given us a heart for may be uh, a clue in how we can use our spiritual gifts. These things come together because we are a whole being which is made up of our, of our spiritual gifts, of our hearts, of our abilities, of our personalities and our experiences. All these things make us the people that God has made us. And God places some things in our hearts. Some people get excited about some things and some people are bored by the same things because that's not where your heart is. And that's okay because God has made us different. But God has placed something or something on your heart. And the question is, what is it? What is it God has placed on your heart that he wants you to do to serve him? Serve him with all your heart. Whole-hearted disciples God is looking for. People that serve him with their whole hearts. Um, Our friend Rick Warren says this, God has given each of us a unique emotional heartbeat. I read somewhere that each, you know, like we have a different fingerprint, that we have a different Heartbeat. I don't know if that's right or not. The doctors amongst the Bible tell us that we all have a unique heartbeat. Well, God has given each of us a unique emotional heartbeat that races when we think about, about the subjects and activities that interest us. We instinctively care about some things and not others. These reveal the nature of your heart and are clues to where you should be serving. The things that God places on our hearts are clues to where we should be serving God. Because God wants us to serve him. We said last week that that God has given everybody in the congregation a spiritual gift. And God has also given everybody in this congregation a heart for a particular group of people or for a particular situation. And we need to know what that is. And we need to explore that and discover it. And then we need to serve God from our hearts. Serve from your heart. Serve from your heart. And so, the questions that you need to ask yourself, the challenge for this week, 
The challenge for last week was to go and discover your, your, your spiritual gifts. And as I said, there are things that we can do. There's, there's, there's literature that we can give you to help you to, to discover your spiritual gift. The challenge for this week is to, is to ask yourself, what have I got a heart for? And then to tell other people and to find if, if there's some way that you could serve God uh, in this church, in the neighbourhood, in the wider world. It's great to hear that people are serving God. You know, outside, it isn't all just about what's happening here. Uh, there's a whole world out there of needs uh, and, and God has placed on our hearts the concern, the compassion. And we have to follow and we have to serve. So where... Has God placed on your heart and whom has God placed on your heart? Uh, Follow your heart's desires. Just as Paul said, you know, I have a heart to see the Israelites saved. Uh, What has God placed on your heart and how are you going to fulfill that desire that God has given you?